home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 6.06. Good morning. Welcome to a uh, Tuesday. We are underway. Short week this week for a lot of people. I noticed there are not many cars on the road. <laughs> even this morning, um, I was noticing that. I noticed it yesterday a little bit, but this morning, usually on Karcher Road, because I travel down Karcher Road uh, to the freeway, and usually it's pretty busy in the morning yeah. when I come into work. Um, I don't remember ever not seeing a single car other than myself until uh, I get to uh, Cleveland Boulevard. You didn't see one? Not one. I was the only car on the road on on, uh, Karcher Road until I got into uh, Cleveland Boulevard. uh, I took an Uber, but, you know, we were completely alone on Fairview the whole way down. Yeah. Um, Yesterday, uh, Bob Beeler, who was in with us, came in, comes in early on Monday to talk about football for uh, Bronco Monday. Mm -hmm. And uh, even he said, wow, where is everybody this morning? (laughs) Um, I don't know if uh, people are already on the uh, airplanes <laughs> starting to drive to Grandma's house and fly to Grandma's house. My guess well, is... I, you know, schools take the whole week off. Yeah. So that cuts down on a lot of traffic right there. And then a lot of people, because their kids are home, they stay home too. Yeah. Well, not just stay home, but a lot of people will take a long week off and, you know, start to fly. That's true. People are doing what are what's called revenge traveling because they couldn't the last few years. They're like, okay, we're going to go someplace. So expect to be the airports to be a little bit busier than usual. So if you're going to the airport to fly out, especially today and tomorrow, might want to um, get there a little bit early. And uh, never a bad thing. <laughs> uh, especially, I've been I've been to the Boise Airport um, a couple of times where TSA line goes back out the door. I imagine there'll be a few days where you see that uh, coming mm, up. This very week, possibly, yeah. Uh, also, a reminder for those of you who have not taken your freezer or your uh, turkey out of your freezer yet you're you should have taken it out day before yesterday <laughs> okay so, so what do I do now I, I don't know what you do now because the things to uh, thaw your your turkey are you're, you're told not to do because it's um, you know can cause some problems with maybe getting a tummy ache on Thanksgiving should I take it into the sauna that I mean that's what some people do they take it and put it in their bathtub like, or wow this smells like eucalyptus <laughs> in their sink or whatever um, but if you haven't taken it out of freezer as of yet I, I would definitely get it out this morning if you're mm. listening in so that it can thaw if it's in the refrigerator you're you're perfectly fine okay you guys gonna be making your own turkey uh, in a way, I'm paying for it. Um, we we uh, that is not making your own turkey. We ordered basically catering from ah, okay. uh, a, a restaurant. Yeah, well, well, it's but it's heat and serve, so we, you know we do have to heat things up in the in the oven. Oh no, you have to s- spend a whole hour of heating stuff up. Yeah, I mean it, it was a hard choice, <laughs> but uh, we went with that. We um, actually, we actually, you know, I t- I told you last week that we had a relative who was planning to have us over, a shirt tail relative, and he kind of flaked because after a while he figured out how much work it was and whatnot. So we're not going over there, but we had to kind of scramble for something to do. And in the past, we've uh, gone to a particular home-style restaurant and you know gotten heat-and-served meals and stuff, and I was on the Internet trying to order that, and they were all sold out, which is unusual for them. And so I ended up going with a barbecue place, which I think is going to work out just fine because... Um, not only are we getting turkey, but a whole bunch of brisket, too. It's not surprising that 
they would be sold out. Yeah. From what I'm understanding, this is the first year ever in history that it's cheaper to go out or you know purchase like you guys are doing right. a meal, and or at least it's not more expensive to do that. Yeah, than it is to make your meal. It's at not home. prohibitively expensive compared to yeah. compared to cooking, and you do save several hours because the price has gone up so much for food over the last year that you know if, if you're buying your stuff and making it at home. I feel, I feel badly that I didn't didn't completely turn into my parents because they were just champions at making Thanksgiving dinner. You know, they'd be up at a stupid o'clock in the morning and you know thawing and and doing things. And, and you know, by the time we'd come over, uh, they'd have you know stuff in ovens they didn't even own. We started a uh, tradition. Oh gosh, I don't even know how many years it was uh, ago. Twelve, yeah, ten, twelve years ago drunken Thanksgiving breakfast because we realized, you know, as our, our kids were getting older and, and same with us, there people were trying to have to split, yeah. you know, between going to different parents' in-laws' houses, grandparents' houses, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And it was just getting more and more difficult to get everybody together on Thanksgiving. However, what nobody does on Thanksgiving is does a breakfast because usually in the places that are hosting their you know Thanksgiving dinners and, they're busy up at stupid o'clock in the morning and, getting things ready. Yeah, and you love to do what nobody else does, so there you go. There you go. And so we have uh I make my bacon bloody marys and we have like five different flavors of uh, mimosas that we do and believe it or not it's it's one thing that we've been able to get almost all especially the people that live here, plus we'll have you know, a few friends over that uh, come over. We spend a few hours, and then everybody just goes their way. Yeah, um, and you end up still having a nice Thanksgiving. Nice Thanksgiving, and on the years that we're not hosting a dinner, there have been years in the past where um, I call it taking a nap in the afternoon, but uh, could have been closer to you know maybe passing out. Yeah, I don't take a nap, but I do fall asleep in front of the TV watching football. Is that the same? A uh, little bit different. I mean, I admit it. I wasn't necessarily. It's, if I wouldn't have been drinking, I wouldn't have it's not always passed a, out. It's not always a tryptophan thing. Sometimes I just fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, I, I usually do that, too. Um, but like I said, there were a few years that things got out of hand. And my wife used to talk about stupid 30. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad. Uh, I mean, I used to love the cinnamon rolls that she made, but she would make cinnamon rolls from scratch. I mean, I'm talking about getting the dough and everything, and it would take her all night to do because you would have to let it rise, pound it out. So in the middle of the night, you know, all Mm -hmm. night long, this is what you heard for about six hours every every hour. And that's unusual at your house? (laughs) Um, uh, Except for the years that she was making cinnamon rolls. Uh Um, Now we've gone to monkey bread, which I love monkey bread so much more anyway, if if anybody knows what that is. Um, It's absolutely awesome. So um, this is Thanksgiving week today and tomorrow. The uh, last two shows we have, we'll have Friday and uh, Thursday and Friday off, of course, for Thanksgiving. Friday, don't forget, uh, we get underway with the Idaho's largest toy drive. It also is uh, the beginning of the uh, football. We'll start an hour before the toy drive, which is kind yeah. of weird. weird. Rick Worthington. Five, and a 5 a.m. pregame show. Richie Brocco. It's nothing weird for... Rick Worthington, Richie Brocko, however, um, is not loving Friday as of yeah. right now, the day after Thanksgiving, having to get up that early. He'll be Yanni at the Acropolis. Kickoff time will be at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning, and we still have tickets we're giving away this week. You have a chance to win your tickets this morning once again. You'll be ready to text and win. Text the word Broncos when you hear that cue to call, and you'll have a chance to uh, win your tickets coming up today. A couple chances for you today, and also chance for you tomorrow morning will be your final chance to win those uh, tickets once again. Stick around. Also on the way, 
at least in my opinion, <laughs> most important news to talk about uh, this morning, Top Golf. We now know the official open date for Top Golf. That's the biggest news we that's, have to talk about this that's morning. That's it, then, huh? The yeah. n- number one? Yeah, the number right. one. Um, right now, it's time for a check on what's going on with sports. Once again, this morning, our first update with Rick Worthington brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. It's Tuesday. You know what that means. Broncos won last weekend, and on Tuesdays after a win, the Blue Bronco is half price. Usually, it's around 12 bucks. Today, you can get it for around 6 bucks. Get into both locations, sounds, East Boise. Sounds like a good idea. And uh, in Meridian. Good morning. Boise State football team will play on Friday morning this week. 10 a.m. kickoff time as they take on Utah State. Of course, the Broncos have already seized the opportunity to host the Mountain West Championship game next weekend. During his weekly press conference, Andy Avalos was asked about playing an early game on Friday. Yeah, you know, this is something that, that came on, you know, in the last couple of years of playing earlier in the morning, and we train in the mornings, right? So, I mean, today we started at 9 o'clock, and it was a late start. Everybody's waiting around, like, well, you know, it's time to get going. And we're just, we're <clears throat> we're used to operating, um, you know, that the... The timing of it is probably about an hour earlier than, you know, that our guys are typically getting up and moving around on, on a given um, Tuesday, Wednesday throughout the practice week. So, um, yeah, it is, it's an early riser, but you know what, it's, uh, it's about getting up and getting ready to roll. And um, you, do, you do lose a little bit of preparation time again, like we talked about, because as soon as uh, you put your head on that pillow on Thursday night, that's it. When you get up and you get, it's time to go on Friday morning. So once again, the Broncos will take on Utah State at Albertson Stadium this Friday morning. Kickoff is at 10 a.m. Yeah, for real. We'll begin Bronco game day at 5 a.m. until 7 a.m. And then we'll have the tailgate show starting for you at 7. Bob Beeler and Pete Cavender will pick things up starting at 9 a.m. here on News Talk KBOI. And again, the kickoff at 10. Going to be an interesting Black Friday here for us in Boise. I'm Rick Worthington. For your Google Play, simply say, Hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. A disturbing tweet from Boise Mayor Lauren McLean. She's calling out a recently retired cop for participating in what she called a white nationalist conference. Mayor McLean accused former BPD Captain Matt Brindelson of racist, dehumanizing propaganda. She also tweeted she's appalled that such an individual could serve the city for two decades and said the city would be launching a full investigation. The conference she's talking about was this past weekend in Burns, Tennessee. It was sponsored by a group labeled extremists by the Southern Poverty Law Center. The speakers list posted online used Brindelson's picture but not his name and described him as a, quote, race realist police officer. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. We talked a little bit about this uh, yesterday. Story broke on Sunday. Still taking your thoughts, your impressions, your input this morning. Uh, by the way, uh, Mayor Lauren McLean addressed union leaders yesterday and city officials during the uh, Monday morning bargaining meeting between the city and Boise Police Department's union. Uh, McLean issued a news release a day earlier and called Bringleson's participation in the conference and contributions to the American Renaissance Quote here, racist, dehumanizing propaganda. She added uh, in that meeting that she expects full cooperation from union leaders, department leadership, the rank and file, and staff, saying for those in the Boise Police Department, if you cannot or will not cooperate fully and honestly, I suggest that now is the time to leave, and honestly, it's time to leave the profession because the people of Boise rely on you to protect and serve them. 
the union did say uh, that they would be fully participating. By the way, Bringelson is not a part of the union because he's part. He was a part of management, mm. so he is not a part of the union, protected by anything that the union would do anyway. It'll be interesting to see. Bringelson is uh, already retired. Yeah. Now, they haven't said whether or not he was receiving a pension. My guess would be that after 24 years, he is probably receiving a pension. Is that something that could be possibly taken away well, after after he's already left uh, office? Probably not, considering he technically hasn't done anything illegal. Right. And that's, that's what we want to talk about. I mean, this, uh, on the surface, it sounds horrific, horrible, that he's, you know, participating in this particular thing. I said it yesterday, you know, if, if this was something that he was proud of and didn't have a problem with, why did he give a fake name? Why did he use a pseudonym to participate in it? Why did he write blog posts with that same pseudonym? Why didn't he put his name 300, to it? Uh, 300 priests, ministers, and whatnot from the area around Burns, Tennessee, all signed a letter denouncing the uh, entire uh, conference that went on. Uh, Celeste writes in, um, Text message, 208-336-3700. In practice, law enforcement officers are required to be objective in their job. Everyone has different prejudices, religious, political, racial, etc. Officers are expected to rise above and set those prejudices aside while doing their job. This man moved up the ranks in the department. There were no complaints on this officer during his tenure. Let it go and move along. If she is looking to initiate the mayor, this is what she's talking about, the ability for people to file lawsuits against the city, is that what she's looking to do? Sounds like the mayor is attempting to overcompensate for having her head in the sand with regard to being clueless about Chief Lee. That's from Celeste. Uh, let's see, d e wrote in and says, saw that story about a racist police captain named Bringleson who worked for Boise PD and was one of the targets of Chief Lee's abusive behavior. Our loony leftist mayor is conducting an investigation, even though there's no evidence that Bringleson ever acted improperly on the job. Meanwhile, there is still no action taken to address the bigoted councilwoman, Lisa Sanchez, who said she doesn't have kids because she thinks white people will murder them. Boise is one of the safest cities in the whole country, so she must be confusing it with Atlanta or Baltimore or Chicago. Hmm. Reminds me of that clown of a police chief who called Boiseans racist hucklebucks. Took ongoing drama to get rid of that creep, but all it takes to investigate Bringleson is a couple of smear pieces. The mayor and the local press don't mind having bigots in government so long as they're from the right backgrounds and hate the right people. Just no facts about crime statistics, please. Which is why we're talking about this. Big, big fan of the mayor. Should, yeah, I can tell. Um, you know, should your thoughts, and at this point, I mean, there's an investigation that's going to be going on, you know, say, say so, nothing comes up in the investigation that showed that in any way, shape, or form during his duties that uh, he was racist in any way, should his thoughts be punished? Should his biases be punished? I, I, I mean... Yeah, racism is not good. I think all of us can agree with that. But should you be punished for your thoughts? And is that a slippery well, slope? If you start and, to get uh, punished for those thoughts, do you we get have, punished for thinking, you know, like I you should said, kill somebody? It's like you said, we have we have no evidence, and, and evidence is what they need, that he did anything wrong during his time as a police officer. Uh, you know, Chances are his motivations were different than people assumed they were, but 
since it never became a huge problem, you know, lucky him. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to weigh in, you can also email us, chris at kbui.com and mike at kbui.com. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. A former Boise police captain participated in a white nationalist conference. This is according to a statement released by Boise Mayor Lauren McLean. She released the statement Sunday saying she learned of the Boise police officer's participation in a white nationalist conference and ongoing contributions to racist dehumanizing propaganda. The officer named in the statement is Matt Bringelson, who retired from the Boise Police Department in August and worked for the department for more than 20 years. Mayor McLean says she'll be launching a full investigation and will have more to share in the coming days. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless, taking your thoughts and input this morning. Uh, Matt in Middleton, thank you for uh, being patient, hanging on. We appreciate it. You're on News Talk KBI. Good morning to you. No problem. Hey, uh, thank you for having me. Um, I just wanted to say, you know, like you, like the statement just said, the gentleman was retired. Uh, he's no longer with the police service, but somehow his private ongoings, which I don't agree with or agree with because I don't know what what the whole story is, is his own. He can do whatever he wants on his own because he's he's no longer with the police force. So to if now if this gentleman was wearing his badge or representing the Boise police force, then it'd be a whole different story because you're a public figure. However, if he's no he's been removed from the police force after retirement and everything on his own, he can do whatever he wants. That's a First Amendment violation if he try to goes after somebody who's doing something in their own private life. I mean, it'd be, uh, where, would, where would this stop if we kept going after people for doing stuff in their private life, even if we don't agree with it? So, question for you then, do you think, though, uh, the fact that he spent 24 years in the Boise Police Department, do you think that that should be investigated to find out? If any of those racial tendencies came out on investigations or arrests that he may have possibly made? Well, here's the, here's the question for you. Um, the Boise Police Department has an ombudsman. If that was the case, those 24 years and not one person said anything to the ombudsman about investigating this officer for anything, then I would say that the, the, the cases are completely thrown out because you, they have... A system in place for investigating officers in Boise. Um, most other places don't have that uh, luxury of an ombudsman to to go and find out or investigate what the heck is going on with their officers. So now I will ask another question to you because number one, I don't believe Boise has had an om- ombudsman for the last 24 years. I think that's something within Chris can help me out here. We had one. I don't think we have one now. Maybe we do. Um, but uh, the the one the original one we had. Uh, Pierce was his first name. Uh, yeah, he he quit several years ago, and I I really I don't know if he's been replaced or not. So should the investigation also take place to find out? Because we don't know. You know, we assume that nobody came forward because an ombudsman has never said anything. Should that be investigated to find out whether or not anything was ever brought up to any you know anybody in the police department? Again, if, if, let's say if their voice wasn't being heard, let's say the officer didn't want to investigate it, what would stop that person from going to the press? 
nothing. I mean, there'd be if if your well, voice is not, not getting heard. not not necessarily. You you've heard about you know police officers protecting their own, right? I'm well, not saying that that's what happened here, but you've you've heard that in many cases that you know uh, thin blue line. Well, the, the, this is the greatest example here. There's a, such a thing called hush money. If there was a sense, you know, maybe they got approached by a lawyer and say, hey, if you don't talk about this or uh, sign a non-disclosure agreement, we'll pay you this amount of money just to shut up. And then they're, they, they're obligated to keep their mouths shut. All right. Thank you for the call, Matt. Thanks for the input. And uh, let me play uh, devil's advocate with you this morning. No problem. KBY News Time, 646. We'll talk more about this. Uh, I want to weigh in after the top of the hour. We'll take more of your phone calls. If you want to email us right now, you can do that. Chris at KBY.com, Mike at KBY.com. You can also text us at 208-336-3700. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Don't forget, be listening in this morning. Another chance for you to pick up your tickets to watch the Broncos on Friday. Final home game, regular season home game. This will be senior day. We have your tickets coming up uh, sometime this morning. Listen in for that cue to text, and then when you hear it, text the word Broncos to 208-336-3700. You also have a chance uh, coming up later this afternoon with Nate Chelman to also get your tickets to the Broncos game on Friday against Utah State. Also coming up here today, $50 gift certificate to one of the brunchettes. Now, you can use this if you win. Anyone. Blue Bench Brunchette, you can use it at Huck House Brunchette or Brunchette on the Lake, which is up in McCall. Your choice, $50 worth of food. This will get you a lot of great food from any one of the brunchettes. You've heard us talk about it. We've been there uh, at various locations of the uh, brunchettes for our hometown breakfast. Now you can go absolutely free. If you can answer our question today, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, 208-888-4128 for any and all your real estate needs. Question today, who is the first band to ever play on all seven continents? North America, South America, Europe, Asia, Africa, Australia, and they even did a special concert from some, for some scientists in Antarctica. If you know the answer, stick around. Be ready to call coming up after 8 o'clock. And be ready to call either 208-336-3700 or pound 670 on your Verizon wireless, and you will win that $50 gift certificate if you're able to answer first. Night at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. It's time for the KBOI Medical Moment, brought to you by Regents Blue Shield of Idaho, featuring Dr. Dan Meltzer. Dr. Meltzer, good morning. Good morning. Doctor, um, not a lot that everybody agrees on these days, but if there is one thing that just about everybody agrees on, it's got to be how hard it is to have a good, productive day at work or school after a night of tossing and turning versus getting a good seven or eight hours of quality sleep. Do we have a, a sense of how common sleep problems are for Americans? We do, and, and I'm so glad we're talking about this. They are very common. Um, at least 30% of adults in the U.S. report sleep difficulties, which frankly is probably underreported, meaning the number may actually be higher than that. Outside of feeling a bit sluggish after a restless night or two, is lack of quality sleep really that big of a problem? It is a huge problem. I, I call sleep the lead domino, meaning it's really the lead domino or first critical component to our overall health. 
Um, think of it as a vital nutrient for both the body and brain. Getting adequate sleep is critical for healthy bodies and for focused, high-functioning minds. And really, we know that chronic poor sleep or bad sleep, not getting enough sleep, is actually a risk factor for other diseases, things like diabetes, heart disease, obesity, and depression. So if someone occasionally or even regularly struggles to get their seven to nine hours of sleep, what can they actually do about it? Well, first of all, you know, we have to understand that we can't really function at 100% or feel our best without committing to sleep. So the first thing is sleep matters. We just need to acknowledge it. And it requires the same or even more discipline that we put into other parts of our lives, such as work or exercise. And paradoxically, the better we sleep, the better we work, the better we exercise. So discipline is number one. So committing to things like the same bedtime, you know, we're close to it, giving yourself the opportunity for at least eight hours of sleep. Um, there are other things that can affect the quality of sleep. So the amount of alcohol and how much we drink prior to going to bed. So you want to limit consumption, particularly three to four hours before going to bed. Not surprisingly, limiting caffeine also to about eight hours before sleep. Even limiting screen time. We know that the blue light that's emitted from smartphones, tablets, and computers can disrupt our sleep. So we recommend not using those devices about 60 minutes prior to sleep. And then exercise. Getting good exercise during the day can help you sleep at night. And if you're really challenging or challenged by your sleep, uh, please talk to your doctor. Now, speaking of, of smartphones, as you did just a moment ago, you say there's another issue about them beyond the sleeplessness we might experience from using them too late in the day that we probably ought to consider. Now, what is that? Well, really where they've been and, and what might be on their surfaces. That sounds a little bit ominous and scary. What are you suggesting? <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, we take our phones everywhere we stick them in our pockets on the tables in our cars we handle them all the time after eating you know touching our pets grabbing our door handles but we probably don't really clean them enough and there's some recent research that shows that phones can have lots of levels of sort of at what we call allergens and things that trigger asthma so really especially during this cold and flu season it's a really good time to sanitize our smartphones that is the KBOI Medical Moment, brought to you by Regents Blue Shield of Idaho. Dr. Dan Meltzer, thank you for joining us this morning on KBOI. My pleasure. Thank you. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. A disturbing tweet from Boise Mayor Lauren McLean. She's calling out a recently retired cop for participating in what she called a white nationalist conference. Mayor McLean accused former BPD Captain Matt Brindelson of racist, dehumanizing propaganda. She also tweeted she's appalled that such an individual could serve the city for two decades and said the city would be launching a full investigation. The conference she's talking about was this past weekend in Burns, Tennessee. It was sponsored by a group labeled extremists by the Southern Poverty Law Center. The speakers list posted online used Brindelson's picture but not his name and described him as a, quote, race realist police officer. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon. Wireless McLean addressed union leaders and city officials yesterday saying that she expects full cooperation from the union and uh, police leaders in the investigation, Police uh, Boise Police Corporal. Denny Carter, who is also a member of the union, addressed the meeting after McLean's statement and said union leaders support McLean's plan for the investigation. 
Union, which encompasses roughly about 240 officers and sergeants, also issued a news release stating that it was astonished and infuriated by uh, Bringelson's actions. Just getting your thoughts this morning. I don't think anybody would say racism is a necessarily a good thing. Our question is, he's, he's a retired officer. He wasn't wearing his police uniform. Is, or should I get, how, how should I put this? Should he be punished? No, I don't. In this situation. I I don't think he will be punished. Simply, the mayor simply made a statement saying, uh, we have found out that one of our uh, previous officers who served for a long time is, you know, involved in this sort of activity now. And uh, she denounced that kind of activity. And that's pretty much it. But he didn't break the law. And, you know, she could either uh, stay quiet about it or make a statement. She decided to make a statement. Mike and Caldwell, thanks for being patient. You're on News Talk KBI. Good morning to you. Morning. Uh, so I first heard about the story on Nate show, and I was kind of, you know, taken back like everybody else. And then I started listening, and I thought that there was going to be like something he said that would prove that he said did something wrong, and I hadn't heard anything. And so I woke up this morning, was watching the weather on a couple local channels, and they were all talking about it. And so I'm waiting for to hear what he said. And you know, all that, and then I hear about the Southern Poverty Law Center, so I Google them. Basically, it looks to me like they're kind of a progressive leftist organization labeling wherever he was speaking as a white supremacy group or whatever they're calling them. And because, I mean, they're, they're, it's not like they're a nonpartisan organization, the Southern Poverty Law Center, so... So they get to call him a name. He's going to get investigated. They make a big to-do about it. It sounds almost like a smear campaign because without hearing something that he said, how do we know he did anything wrong? But he's being tried on every channel as doing something wrong. We all don't want racism in our society. We don't want the police to be racist. That's for sure. But and I hate to say it, it stinks like, like a rat because... You know, who's the one that's firing off the alarm and the a Southern Poverty Law Center? I mean, to me, they're not credible. Once I Googled them, I was like, oh, my goodness. Now, you know, the, the 60-something percent of people that just put Brad Little in office would not approve of them, that's for sure, because they're, gay, they're true blue progressives that are always putting a racial spin on everything. Question for you, just real quick before we let you go. Do you think this should be investigated in the fact that, you know, he spent 24 years in the Boise Police Department to see if anything was done wrong during that time based on what he has done now, his thoughts and participating in this particular organization? No, I don't. I think you got to have some real evidence before you put something out there. It can't be based upon somebody saying this or somebody saying that. I mean, right. it doesn't make any sense to me that that, that that you can go after somebody. I mean, I think he has a case for slander All if, right. if, if you don't have a real case. Appreciate it, Mike. Thanks for the call. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take more of your phone calls and emails. Your, your thought on uh, thoughts on this, what's going on. Boise Police Department, I will say, has does have... <laughs> a publicity problem going, real PR problem going on with what's gone on with the uh, Boise police chief, now with this. 
a lot of uh, what one would think of as unnecessary drama, but I don't know. These things come up. Let's get a check on sports once again this morning with Rick Worthington, brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli, the place to go on Tuesdays after a Boise State win. Why? Because you can get the Blue Bronco half price, normally around 12 bucks. You can get it for around 6 bucks today and today only and after every win on Tuesdays at Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Monday Night Football in Mexico. And the San Francisco 49ers took an early lead. They go empty with Garoppolo in the gun. They stack McCaffrey behind Ayuk right. Bunch formation left with Jennings and Kittle. Jimmy got pressure. They're talking now. Throw on the run. It is caught by George Kittle. Breaks a tackle. Five. Touchdown! San Francisco! The call on KNBR, George Kittle caught that 39-yard touchdown pass from Jimmy Garoppolo in the second quarter. And the 49ers would take a 14 to 3 lead at that time. But Kittle had himself a monster night. There's a boot roll First by Garoppolo left. Wide open is George Kittle down the left sideline. Kittle will break a tackle. Take it all the way to the end zone. Touchdown! San Francisco! How did George Kittle score there? Cardinals defense has not been good this year, and that's a big reason why the San Francisco 49ers went on to beat them as bad as they did yesterday, 38-10. to The Cardinals one game better right now than the L.A. Rams in the division. Cardinals at 4-7, and the Rams at 3-7. and San Francisco and Seattle right now lead the NFC West. By the way, the Seattle Seahawks didn't play this week. That's because they played last week over in Germany, so this was their bye But the Seahawks will have a test this week when they take on that powerhouse that is known as the Las Vegas Raiders. Right. I'm Rick Worthington. I'm for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI. Boise. Jeremiah Bates with us uh, this morning. Not a lot of news going on in the uh, market. Short week for the Dow. It is up as of right now in the uh, futures ahead of the opening. I want to talk about, though, uh, something I was thinking about as far as inflation goes. And this comes on the uh, heels of a story. Um, for instance, oil now today per barrel has dropped down to $75. So it's collapsing. Um, the uh, OPEC nations have also announced that they're not going to wait until the next time that they're supposed to meet. They want to uh, meet before that to address the uh, crashing prices. My question to you is, is this, is this a signal that possible inflation may be over due to the fact that, I mean, oil is used so much across the world. And when you start to see drops in oil, it means that people aren't using a lot of it. Because OPEC dropped the prices or dropped the uh, output of oil here uh, last month, if you remember, by 2 million barrels per day. And since they've done that now, prices have continued to drop. So what gives? Right. There's kind of a few dynamics to this, but your questions, I mean, overall, you're right. I mean, if we're looking at the price of oil dropping, you got to look at really what's causing that. Well, it's largely, I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into this, but I mean, the base case is, is there demand? And if if the economic growth is slowing or turning negative, then that means people are spending less money, which is obviously going to negatively impact the use of oil, which will then bring down the price in theory. 
And th- so that's, that's fine. So that would likely translate into lower inflation. However, the real issue here is that nothing kills demand for oil more so than recessions. And that's the one thing that we're trying to avoid. Now, if you look at what's happening in the oil market right now, uh, analysts and traders, are expect or their expectation is demand is going to continue to go down even faster. You have growth slowing and turning negative in many countries. Um, and it, the immediate drop in oil is really China. So the, the concern right now is it's the unease that China's uh, not going to loosen its COVID lockdown policies because you're starting to see infection rates rise again. And you know that their stance is zero COVID policy. And if you look at China over the past two decades, it's been one of the largest growing economies. It's a major importer of its use of oil. So they have a huge effect on oil prices. And with China likely being locked down for the foreseeable future, that's going to continue to cause unease and weigh down on the oil prices. And you also got to look at the seasonality too. Generally, summer months, that's where where there's a higher demand. But when you factor in the cost, I mean, the cost of everything else rising, maybe people not having a job, I mean, kind of picking and choosing what they're going to do. Uh, yeah, demand's going to drop a little bit, and we're seeing that reflected in the oil prices. But now the now you have OPEC coming out yesterday or Tuesday, um, and one of the top exporters, Saudi Arabia, said Saudi Arabia said that they were going to stick with output cuts. So it's kind of this balance of okay, we see the expectation of demand continuing to slow down, but we also got to make sure that the right. uh, supply is also is also weighed as well. So. In theory, yes. Okay. If oil prices are going down, that will bring down inflation. But then on the flip side is, if we see a broader recession, then that's certainly going to drive down demand as well. We're out of time today. Uh, tomorrow, maybe you can answer this question. I mean, both view inflation and recession as bad. What is worse? So maybe tomorrow you can answer that question. What would be worse if we continue with the high inflation that we've got now or if we were to go into a recession? Absolutely. All right. We'll talk to you again tomorrow morning. Thanks, Jens. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. A former Boise police captain participated in a white nationalist conference. This is according to a statement released by Boise Mayor Lauren McLean. She released the statement Sunday saying she learned of the Boise police officer's participation in a white nationalist conference and ongoing contributions to racist dehumanizing propaganda. The officer named in the statement is Matt Bringelson, who retired from the Boise Police Department in August and worked for the department for more than 20 years. Mayor McLean says she'll be launching a full investigation and will have more to share in the coming days. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to uh, weigh in with your thoughts this morning, a lot of emails uh, to get to. Uh, thanks for uh, writing in. Mike at KBY.com. Chris at KBY.com. Uh, no name on this text message, uh, but a text writes in, it seems like the mayor and Lisa Sanchez are race hustlers. They'll use any incident they can to drum up outrage about how racist Idaho is and to paint all conservatives with a broad brush. Racism is disgusting, but the mayor needs to stop amplifying every issue so that it can attract publicity. John, excuse me. John writes in, sorry about that, says regarding former police officer, was it possibly in a group back east? First question, is it actually him? Well, yes, it is. Uh, Nobody denies that. So will the mayor also look at every Boise employee that is an Antifa or BLM member and fire them. I don't think we know of anybody at the moment. Well, and this person has not been fired, so don't get that, you know. That's true. There's, he's, there's some misinformation. He's, he's, right he's retired, so he will not be fired. 
if it's actually him, so what? He's retired and a private citizen, and he's in America and free. The mayor is sounding like an imperialist communist thinking everyone should think the way she thinks, beginning to think she is related to Putin. This uh, wokeism is a slippery slope towards communism. Uh, it's not necessarily wokeism if you are a public official and you see something that you think is wrong and point it out. You have freedom of speech just like everybody else does. And you don't necessarily need to uh, just completely ignore what somebody is doing, somebody who was a police officer for a long time. Uh, to, you know, there are two certain people this would be a- an important thing to consider. Uh, however, no, he's not going to be punished for probably any of it because he didn't do anything that is technically illegal. Uh, Dallas gets me on Facebook, says, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't normal procedure to investigate a crime in search of a person and not to investigate people in search of crimes? 208-336-3700. It it is, uh, except for uh, uh, when they're investigating their own police officers. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Um, And I see your point, Dallas. I, I mean, is this a crime? Attending this as a retired police officer, is that necessarily a crime? And the other question that I'm asking people is devil's advocate this morning. Should it be investigated as this is coming out for his 24 years to find out if there were any crimes committed? Uh, time for a final check on sports. Once again, brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli today, the day to get in. Number one, they always have great, delicious soups made from scratch every single day. But today's Tuesday after a Bronco wins. That means the Blue Bronco is half price today. Get into both locations, East Boise off Gallon and in Meridian off Wells Avenue. Good morning. I'm Rick Worthington. As we begin to look at football this week, the Broncos getting set to take on Utah State in that rare Friday morning game the day after Thanksgiving. It will be a 10 a.m. kickoff. Coaches spoke to the media for the first time this week. Offensive coordinator Dirk Cutter talked about that fumble that George Helani had in the game against Wyoming and said, yeah, we don't see a lot of that. Fluky is a good word for that for the fumble because, one, George isn't a fumbler, and then, two, the fact that it popped right into the guy's hands and they had they had five-on-one on Talon right off the bat. Uh, I mean, there was no doubt in my mind that Talon was going to have enough speed to get behind him, but then to make a great tackle like he did. That's the second time he's done that this year where he's made a, he's made a pretty amazing tackle. And uh, he told me a story last week that uh, Gary Patterson at TCU offered him as a defensive end, and he'd never played defensive end in his life. So I guess, that's, I guess Gary Patterson was pretty smart when he saw him play in high school. The Broncos will get set to take on Utah State. Again, it's a Friday morning game. Kickoff is at 10 a.m. That means Bronco game day gets started at 5 a.m. on Friday morning. So while you guys are standing in line to go shopping, we'll be here talking football. Uh, Bronco game day will go until 7. Then the tailgate show will begin, go up until 9. That's when Bob Beeler and Pete Cavender will take over. I'm Rick Worthington. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Once again, uh, taking your phone calls and emails, participate in the show. You can uh, do it by giving us a call, 208-336-3700, toll-free 1-800-529-5264. If you have a Verizon wireless phone, just hit pound 670. You can email us, text us, don't forget... 
text number is going to come in handy. We have a chance for you to pick up your Boise State, Utah State tickets. It's Senior Day coming up this Saturday. Listen in. Sometime next hour, you're going to hear that cue to text when you hear it. Just text the word Broncos to 208-336-3700. One person will be chosen at random to get those tickets to Friday's game. Paul and Nampa, thanks for being patient. Good morning. You're on Newstalk KBY. Good morning. Um, I think I should preface this by saying that a very close personal friend of mine, he's 80 now, was on the police force over here in Nampa for about seven years, I think was total, before he got hurt on the job. But we were talking yesterday, listening to Nate coming back into town. And he said it's not so much what that particular officer may have been, but it's what he did to teach the other officers if he taught them some bad habits. And and I, I can kind of see that coming from a cop, you know. You see other cops on the job, and you're wondering if they're not, you know, maybe being a little bit too too personal, taking something and taking it out on the individual that's the perp. And I, I can understand where he was coming from because he was from a, a bygone era, really, where he, he cared about the people that that he was serving, protecting and serving. And so he had a different approach, and he still has a different approach now. And, um, you know, this this guy, he may have leanings towards racist activities and or beliefs, but I don't think the mayor of, of Boise really has the opportunity to give him the third degree and grill him to find out what he did when he did it when he was on the force. I think his lasting legacy is going to be the people that were under him and and how they react to this day when they're making an arrest. I think that's the proof in the pudding and to put them all under a microscope and make them get up there and take the stand. I think is a little rich coming from the lady that wouldn't give us any transparency just a little over two months ago about what went down in the firing of that, the other police chief that we had. So I, I, I just find, find it all disconcerting and disingenuous at the same time. All right. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate the call. Uh, email, no, no name on this one, says, what happens to this guy after the investigation? If he's found guilty, what are the repercussions and penalties? If there are no consequences to be brought up after oh. the expensive investigation, why the investigation? We don't investigate someone's beliefs. I think there's a deliberate attempt being made by our mayor to divide the public and slander our police she previously has stood with BLM rather than our police. She's following the leftist game plan to cause chaos and division. I don't. I don't think she's going to just stand with uh, any particular group if she thinks what they're doing is wrong. She's investigating this one person. It's got nothing to do with the entire department. However, uh, if she, you know, I think what she's going to look into is was he was he trying to recruit other people into uh, this particular group that he, uh, you know, was. Uh, scheduled to speak for in um, in Tennessee, and you know they don't they don't make any uh, beans about it. They are definitely a white nationalist group, and they publish uh, a newsletter or a newspaper that says so. And interestingly enough, they are only against people of color. They have uh, they go out of their way to say they're not anti-Semitic. They they let's put it this way: they like Jews as long as they're white. 
3,700 pounds, 670 on your Verizon wireless. We've got some more emails to get to. If you want to get through, easiest way to do it, give us a call. Uh, we'll take a break. Don't forget, still on the way, chance for you to text and win your Boise State, Utah State tickets. That's on the way sometime next hour. Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Nothing uh, new to uh, report in the death of the four students at the University of Idaho in uh, Moscow. The um, only thing I think we've had in the last 24 hours is they they showed that uh, the, the front of the house you enter on the, there are three floors. There's like a basement, you know, a first floor, a second floor. And at the front of the house, you enter on the first floor. And uh, then you can, you know, go up to the second floor from there. At the back of the house, you enter in the basement and you can go up two floors from there. Mm. And the uh, the two that were not killed were both in basement uh, bedrooms. And the four that were killed were in either the, the main floor or the second floor. So uh, chances are whoever it was came in the front door and just didn't go downstairs. Police department continues to be criticized for not releasing more information. Um, they have talked about that and said there are certain things that they do not release to the public. And it was some of the stuff that we talked about last week. They said that they don't release everything so that if something comes up in an interview with a possible suspect that has never been released to the press or nobody knows about it. Right. They know then for a fact that they have insider knowledge because in, nobody knows about it. As in, well, only the killer would have known that. Exactly. Um, you know, so that's one of the reasons why they don't uh, release everything to the public, even though people are clamoring. It's like, why is there not more transparency uh, on things like this? They, they are also pushing the public to please not stop. Uh, on social media, posting. Oh, please do stop. <laughs> uh, yeah, please do stop. Stop speculating uh, on things that are happening because it just doesn't do any good. Um, and, and, and social media isn't the only place that this is happening. I, I saw this yesterday uh, on uh, a person who is not involved in the case but has been involved in cases in in past, saying that there is absolutely no way in the world that this person could have walked out not completely covered in blood. Yeah. True. And probably with, uh, uh, if, if, if you're stabbing somebody, if you're stabbing four people in the chest like that and stabbing them repeatedly uh, with a large uh, knife like that, you end up cutting your hand. It's almost inevitable. And so, you know, if, they, if they're checking out, uh, you know, blood from the scene, DNA, they may figure out who it is. And we talked about this also yesterday. Um, people who have no, and hopefully you don't have any experience stabbing somebody or, or something. And I, I bring this it's, up but because... But you were talking about butchering yeah, pigs. Yeah, we, we, I grew up, we butchered Always. pigs, we butchered beef all the time. Getting through a person's breastplate and ribs, and as we're hearing that they were stabbed in the chest, is extremely difficult. It's violent. It takes a lot of power. It's not just something you can, like... You know, you're you're poking into a piece of cheese, a knife, which most of us have done, or a piece of meat that's already been cooked or something like that. Uh, to do something like that is extremely violent. Takes a, a good amount of uh, pressure or strength to be able to do that. Other update, uh, what's going on in Fruitland? Uh, the Idaho woman 
Sarah Wandra, who was accused of hiding the death of the missing Fruitland she's boy. She's kind of on Vaughn. hold, isn't she? Yeah, well, she's uh, had a competency hearing, and uh, she is basically found not competent yet to uh, even be charged. Since Wandra's arrest, Fruitland police and ISPA investigators have been uh, excavating the backyard of the home where Wandra lives. They continue with that excavation. It's been going on for over a week. They have not yet shared any details on what they have found or if they have found anything, but Fruitland Police Chief J.D. Huff says they felt strongly that the remains of Michael Vaughn would be found on the property. However, since they're still doing it, my guess is they haven't found anything, or otherwise they would have quit by now, right? No, not necessarily. They may want to make sure that they find anything and everything and that they don't miss anything. I mean, this is I think this is something that... You don't just go in and start digging up willy-nilly. You know what I mean? It's not like you're div- digging a, a hole to, you know, put a, lo- a pipeline in or or water line or something like that. I think you have to do, be very careful about it because well, you have to be you rather protective. Disturb- it's like yeah. archaeology. Yeah, you don't you don't want to disturb what could be possible evidence. Wander was arraigned virtually in Payette County uh, yesterday. Um, later on, or on November 14th, rather, later ordered to undergo a mental competency evaluation. And due to those findings of that evaluation, Wandra has been committed to the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare. Her preliminary hearing um, set for today has been vacated. Officials uh, will work to restore Wandra's mental competency before her next status conference, which is now set for December 23rd. Police are still asking anyone with any information that could help in the investigation to submit a uh, tip to findmichael at fruitland.org or to call Crime Stoppers at 343, uh, or I guess Crime Stoppers, this is a website, 343cops.com. Tips can uh, remain anonymous, uh, anonymous if you want. Right now, Fruitland Police Department says they have received over 1,500 tips wow. in the uh, in investigation. I wonder how many of them, you know, will amount to anything. And that's just it. When it comes to tips, you have to investigate because you never know when a tip comes in that might not look or seem like anything, Mm -hmm. but might be, wait a minute, this leads us to this, this leads us to this. So they are investigating anything. But like I said, that's the latest update on uh, the woman who has been charged with failure to report a death. Typical of, I mean, I know they're dramatizations, but typical of murder mysteries is... uh, Somebody saying, well, by the way, I, 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 I happened to see a blue car in the neighborhood that day. Really? Why didn't you mention that before? Well, I didn't think it was important <laughs> until now. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. That's a phone number to get through. That's the phone number you'll be using here in just a couple minutes to win your $50 gift certificate once again to one of the brunchettes with our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question, which is coming up right after Bronco Sports Today. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, we got a $50 gift certificate to one of the brunchettes, either Blue Bench, Huck House, or Brunchette on the Lake in McCall. Get you a lot of great food. It's the damn near impossible question brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, 208-888-4128. Up first, Brian is going to get crack at our question today. Brian, who is the first band to ever play all seven continents? By the way, uh, the hint, they played all seven continents in the same year. What is the band who did that? Uh, Metallica. 
Metallica, Metallica is it. Yes, in 2013, <laughs> they played North America, South America, Europe, Asia, Africa, Australia, and the concert I would have loved to go to, a special concert for a few scientists in Antarctica. First band to ever play. Right. All seven continents. Congratulations. That one probably had the smallest, you know, gate receipts. I would imagine. And, well, unless they, you know, did like Taylor Swift and charged them $28,000 a ticket. That wasn't her fault. Come on. <laughs> Hold on the line. We'll get some information from you here, okay? 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We will take a break. We'll get back to your phone calls and emails. A couple of subjects we're talking about uh, this morning. The uh, Boise mayor announced that she is launching an investigation into a police uh, yesterday uh, over the white supremacist appearance that a retired uh, police officer made in Tennessee. We're getting your thoughts on that this morning. Also, I told you one of the biggest stories today has to do with construction that has been going on for months and months and months, and I've just been salivating over it. We finally know (laughs) when this thing is going to be opening. Thank you for bringing in your own towel, by the way. Uh, also, uh, another thing we'll talk about, um, after 769 days, CBS officially c- confirmed a story um, yesterday that they originally said was misinformation, but they confirmed yesterday officially that, nope, wasn't misinformation, it's true. We'll talk about that, more about the uh, gunman in Colorado, and also getting more and more details about the hero that stops the gunman from killing and injuring even more people. We'll give you an update on that, too. Stick around. Live home, live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 837-208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Um, once again, uh, you just heard... Broncos, uh, text, cue to text. If you uh, heard that, and even if you didn't hear it, you still have a chance to uh, text us. Once again, 208-336-3700 is the uh, text. Text the word Broncos. It's all you have to do, and you'll be in on uh, getting those tickets once again to watch the Boise State-Utah State game. This coming Friday, 10 a.m. in the morning. Pre-game gets underway at 5. You want to wake up with Richie Brockle and Rick Worthington, and then uh, you can... That would be the preferred way to do it. You yeah. can uh, actually, well, you don't have to wake up with them, but you can wake up to listen to them. Well, I mean, that would be the preferred way. Yeah. Um, well, it depends on who you talk to, of course. Um, Richie Rockle's uh, significant other might disagree with you. Um, if you'd like to get your tickets, now's your chance to go ahead and text. Don't forget, Nate Shumman will have another chance for you uh, coming up here this afternoon. Um, wanted to give an update more and more, as you would expect, Information coming out of the uh, story out of Colorado. Richard M. Fierro said he was at a table in the Q Club with his wife, daughter, and friends on Saturday watching a drag show when the sudden flash of gunfire ripped across the nightclub. His instincts from four combat deployments as an army officer in Iraq and Afghanistan instantly kicked in. Fight back, he told himself. In an interview from his home where his wife and daughter were still recovering from their injuries, Mr. Fiaro, 45 years old, who left the Army in 2013 as a major, according to military records, described charging through the chaos of the club, tackling the gunman and beating him bloody with the gunman's (laughs) own gun. He had uh, seen his daughter uh, get pulled into a dressing room to, to save her life, and the guy was headed for this dressing room and and, uh, had his back to... uh, Mr. Fierro, and uh, is that 
is it Fierro? Mm-hmm. It is okay. Had his back to Mr. Fierro. And so he ran over there and the guy was wearing body armor. Well, he grabbed the back of the body armor where it's kind of a handle and he pulled him down to the floor and the guy's uh, rifle went, uh, he, you know, he dropped it, but he still had a handgun. So, uh, Fierro got the handgun away from him and was trying to just, beat him anywhere that skin was showing not trying to he actually did well, yeah. over and over <laughs> and over again and one of the people from the drag show came over and basically planted a huge heel right in the guy uh, you know uh, stomped on him so he's he's in the hospital the shooter yeah a gunman who uh, mr fair estimated to weigh more than 300 pounds sprawled to the floor so the, that's when he grabbed the gun out of his hand, just started hitting him in the head over and over and over. As the fight continued, he said he yelled for other club patrons to help him out. A man grabbed the uh, rifle, moved that to safety so that he couldn't grab it. And then, as you mentioned, the drag dancer stomped on the gunman with their high heels. <laughs> Fierro said he kept pummeling the shooter's head while the two men screamed obscenities at each other. When police arrived a few minutes later, the gunman was no longer struggling. Mr. Fierro said he feared that he had killed him. The suspect in the shooting was taken into custody and remained hospitalized well, and, as of yesterday. And they stuck Fierro into, uh, uh, until they figured out what was going on, mm-hmm. they stuck him in a police car yep. because he was covered in blood. Completely covered in blood when police arrived, and which you until you sort things out, you're probably going to do that. He uh, was held there. Finally, he was screaming and pleading to be let go so that he could see that his family was safe. His record shows that he was awarded the Bronze Star twice. He said that experiences of his combat still haunt him. He said that the psychological and physical toll of deployments were why he left the Army. He said he would never have thought he would have to deal with this kind of violence. Clearly, uh, the muscle memory is still there. Yeah. Yeah, because if it wasn't for this hero, how many more people could have been injured? Yeah, there, there were five people killed. If it weren't for him, you know, it could have been 30. You never know. During a press conference yesterday, Colorado Springs Police Chief Adrian Vasquez says often we lose track of the victims and that they don't get the dignity and respect they deserve. We will seek justice for all the victims and honor community members who lost a loved one. We have not mentioned the name, us personally, Chris and myself, and we try to stay away from that in situations like this because a lot of times, sometimes, all they're looking for is the publicity. And we don't want to give it to them. Daniel Davis Ashton, 28 years old, was killed. Ashton, identified by his mother in an interview with the Associated Press, said her son grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, moved to Colorado Springs just two years ago. He was a bartender, well-known bartender, at the Q Club. Derek Rump, also a bartender. Facebook account listed attending uh, an area senior high school in uh, native his native Brooks County, Pennsylvania. Said he was loving, supporting, and a heavy hand in his drink pouring. <laughs> Generous, in other words. Uh-huh. He was just a really good listener. Kelly Loving, who's 40 years old. Last week, Kelly uh, celebrated her 40th birthday. Loving moved from Memphis to Denver earlier this year, hoping to find a community more embracing of her identity. Ashley Pugh, or Pa, sorry, Pa, mm. was killed in the attack. According to her husband, Kurt Pa, we're absolutely devastated by the loss. Kurt Paul wrote in a statement, she meant everything to this family. We can't even begin to understand what it will mean not to have her in our lives. Kurt Paul says Ashley was an amazing mother and uh, is survived by an 11-year-old daughter. No, oh, that's too bad. And finally, Raymond Green, uh, Van- Raymond Green Vance, 22 years old. Raymond Green Vance went to Q Club Saturday night with his girlfriend, Cassie Fierro, and her family to celebrate a friend's birthday. Yeah, the, uh, the guy who was the hero, Mr. Fierro, uh, that was her, his, uh, his daughter's boyfriend. Yep. 
And he wasn't with the daughter at the time. She was dancing with somebody else. And the person she was dancing with, uh, you know, pulled her into that dressing room to uh, to save her, but uh, they couldn't save the uh, the boyfriend. Manson spent her entire life in Colorado Springs, lived with uh, mother and younger brother, and he was a 2018 graduate of Sand Creek High School, recently got a new job in the city's FedEx distribution center. Those are the five people who lost their lives. Yeah, it's all too bad. Nancy Pelosi, good to see she's never one to uh, let a good crisis go to waste. Yesterday, um, she drew clear connection between mega Republicans and uh, the shooting at the LGBT nightclub, even though we know absolutely nothing about the individual yet who did the shooting. In a statement commemorating Transgender Day of Remembrance, Pelosi took a direct shot at Republicans, blaming them for violence, like the attack on Club Q against LGBTQ people, saying that fight remains more urgent than ever as right-wing extremists target transgender Americans' most fundamental rights and freedoms. Whether spouting dangerous rhetoric from cable news desks or open, openly bullying schoolchildren from the halls of power, mega-Republicans are cruelly undermining the safety and well-being of our transgender community, she charged. Democratic lawmakers and organizations and media outlets also allege people who disagree with the LGBTQ agenda are essentially responsible for the shooting attack. For example, Denver Democrats said in a statement, there's a clear link between these kinds of attacks and extremists' blatantly false and hateful rhetoric about the LGBTQ community. We've seen an onslaught of anti-LGBTQ bills, nearly 300 just this year, which are rooted in archaic and ugly ideologies that only seek to sow more division and traumatize a group of people who simply want the same rights as everyone else. Despite the heavy-handed rhetoric, officials confirmed Monday they have not yet discovered sufficient evidence to conclude that the perpetrator was motivated by hate for LGBTQ people. The investigation into whether the attack was a hate crime is still ongoing. However, we, we suspect he didn't particularly love them. Meanwhile, news outlets like Washington Post, Los Angeles Times also tried to connect Republicans and the Club Q attack, even though there's no information saying that that was the reason why he shot people in the club. And it may very well come to light that that is completely the reason that he hated them and felt that that was the thing he needed to do. He was told by somebody in his head. But jumping to that conclusion and then complaining about division in this country seems really stupid to me. Let's let's complain about divisiveness in this country by uh, blaming people we don't have any idea actually pulled the trigger, trigger or even caused him to think that way. We already know that he's had mental issues in the past. Yeah. We already know that he threatened to kill his mother by blowing her up or using other weapons to kill her. We already know that even though that happened and that they closed down a city block to search for the bomb that he claimed to have planted, that the prosecutor in the case did not file charges. Which might be one of the reasons, even though Colorado has a red flag law, mm-hmm. that red flag laws were not used to make sure that he wasn't able to get any weapons. Now, that doesn't mean that that would have stopped him. Who knows? We don't know where he got the weapons. Did he buy them legally? Well, just, did he steal them from it, somebody? It would have meant that, It would have meant that somebody did something. That's about it. 
208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to weigh in, you can do that. Our phone lines are open. You can also email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. And don't forget, in case you missed it, we just uh, heard the cue to text. Text the word Broncos, 208-336-3700. You've got another few minutes to go ahead and text that in to try and get our tickets. The Boise State-Utah State game coming up here this Friday. Compliments of News Talk KBOI. For your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Records show the suspect was arrested in June last year for allegedly threatening to harm his mother with a bomb and weapons. No explosives were found, but he was charged with kidnapping and menacing. That prior arrest is now part of the investigation. Meanwhile, hundreds showed up at a Sunday service to remember the victims at Club Q. Yesterday was also Transgender Day of Remembrance, honoring those killed in anti-trans violence. I would like to know, I, I'm guessing we're going to find out why those charges of kidnapping and uh, bomb threat were dropped by the prosecutor. Yeah, I, I think now that the guy is uh, in the news to stay, we'll probably get to the bottom of that. I would imagine that they're probably going through their records now and going, crap, what did we miss? Mm-hmm. Um, Howard, uh, or Jim at Boise writes in, uh, Colorado Springs is in El Paso County. El Paso County is well-known heavily conservative county, so El Paso County is especially hostile to Colorado's red flag law. In fact, it joined nearly 2,000 counties nationwide in declaring themselves Second Amendment sanctuaries to protect the constitutional right to bear arms. In 2019, El Paso County passed a 2019 resolution that says red flag law infringes upon the inalienable rights of law-abiding citizens by ordering police to forcibly enter premises and seize a citizen's property with no evidence of a crime. Hmm. Guess that helps explain why no red flag action was taken by El Paso law enforcement or the county government against the suspect. Except for the fact, and it was a big, big sentence, piece of that sentence at the end of your statement. Forcibly enter premises and seize a citizen's property with no evidence of a crime. There was evidence of a crime. Yeah. He had a bomb threat and he threatened to kill his mother with a bomb and other weapons. I will further add to that. The police knew this. He was charged. They cleared an area and did the search for the bomb. Now, granted, no bomb was found, but the threat was still made. Why did the prosecutor drop the case? Why were there no charges officially? Why did he never go to court? This, is, this goes under the heading of, once again, you know, before everybody runs out, and, and President Biden did it the day after, we need to ban assault weapons. We've got to stop people from getting shot. Yeah, well, it's, it's no secret he wanted to do that anyway. He said that every time we've had a gun, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, a gun violence that has happened. And once again, I'll say it again, enforce the laws that we have. Then go and say, well, obviously, we're now enforcing all the laws. These people are spending time in prison. Well, you know, and I I think some people are frustrated because they know that if someone commits a, a heinous crime that the police will, you know, investigate, make arrests and whatnot. But what they want is somehow someone to prevent it from happening in the first place. And we're not quite as good at, at that. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wire. I sent an email from Shane. 
Um, this has to do with we gave an update, not a whole lot to update on what's going on at the University of Idaho, other than the fact that they still don't have anybody or suspects that we know of. Uh, Shane writes in, how many students return to the University of Idaho next semester? If they don't figure out whatever happened up there and catch the perps, it could be bad news for the university and the business that depends on a large student population. It's already bad news for the university. Yeah. Um, but there's no way to say this isn't. These were all students at the uh, University of Idaho. Mm -hmm. They're already making uh, plans and allowances for students who don't want to come back this semester. If it turns out to be just a random act of violence, uh, you know, a, a terrible one, obviously, but a random act of violence, uh, basically, uh, it, it could have happened to anybody. 208-336-37. A great one. Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through, um, you can do that. And not only can you do it, you are encouraged to do it. Short week this week. Uh, just a reminder, uh, we have tomorrow, uh, which will be, because we're not here on Friday, Open Phones Friday, where we'll talk about anything you want to talk about. Also tomorrow, um, with Thanksgiving coming up, uh, we'll take your phone calls tomorrow. You can start thinking about this and emails. If you want to start emails, you can, um, about what you're thankful for. So we'll do that on the day before Thanksgiving coming up here tomorrow morning. Don't forget, um, we have the uh, Broncos tickets. We're going to award those coming up just shortly. If you want to keep texting, uh, you haven't done so yet, 208-336-3700. Text the word Broncos. You heard the cue to text just a little while ago. If you don't win uh, here, and we'll announce the winner coming up here shortly, you do have a chance to win again coming up this afternoon with uh, Nate Shuman. Jared writes in, if uh, you want to start punishing people's thoughts, let's start with these maps. Minor attracted people that the socialist mayor of Boise seems to love so much. This man does not work for her. She has no right to do what she is doing, regardless of how right or wrong this is or or what their actually, thoughts are. Actually, she has a right to do what she's doing. All she's doing is she made a statement and then called for an investigation. And she certainly has a right to do that. Uh, let's see, uh, Two Dogs says, I find it interesting that the good mayor is so motivated about a former officer's racist tendency. I would have liked to see her as motivated when the chief that she recruited from Portland was terrorizing his team members. James writes in, uh, why the use of an alias in this uh, guy's case? The fact that he is now on the news and the mayor spent the day preening for the cameras denouncing him answers your question, doesn't it? As for punishments, there are none. He retired, and that cannot be taken away. What Boise taxpayers may want to discuss is the possibility of a slander lawsuit payout. Southern Poverty Law Center, which labeled the organization he spoke at as a hate group, paid $3.3 million to settle a false claim against another entity. That comes from Bert, or James, rather. Let's see. Uh, Robin writes in and says, uh, racism, white nationalism, etc., in any form is disagreeable and i do not condone it at all that said this officer is retired and doing what he does on his own time also as being an officer for 20 plus years and no charges of racism against him makes me think that his views were kept out of his actions as an officer would he have any recourse against mclean for drubbing him in public as she is doing well yeah he can always sue her for uh slander i guess right yeah yeah 
That does, doesn't, I mean, that doesn't mean he'll win, but he can certainly sue her for it. You can sue anybody for anything. True. It, it, it is an interesting question. You know, and, and I'm actually quite surprised with the uh, number of uh, emails and phone calls we've received today saying a lot of the same things. That it's like people, and, and they've said that I don't encourage or believe in, in racism, but in this particular instance... What is the mayor trying to do? And to a certain intent, if you want to look at this from the other side, as the person just stated about, you know, filing a, a slander lawsuit, they could have done an, an investigation and not announced it. They could have said, hey, mm-hmm. this is troubling to this. This is a retired police officer. He did this on his own time. They don't know he's a police officer because he did use a pseudonym. He didn't say he How, was a former Boise police officer. However, they introduced him as a police officer. As a police officer or a former police officer? Well, they introduced him as a, a former police officer. Yeah, that's true. Did they introduce him as a former Boise police officer? Uh, not that I know of. So, you, you that is they, a good they, question. They introduced why him did, as a, a former did, police officer and a race realist. So, why did the mayor decide to make this a public thing by making a public statement and saying, say, say going to the department saying look we need to look into this person this is what's happening this is what we need to investigate to see if there were any racist tendencies that were actually acted out on in the 24 years that he served as a boise police officer it's a good question probably she acted out of surprise to begin with she was very surprised that this guy that was a successful boise police officer for so long uh, you know would be even so much as invited to speak at this conference and I totally get the surprise. You know, when I first saw the story, I was surprised by it, too. Good leaders, though, instead of just being surprised and flying off the handle, might sit down and go, all right, now what do I do? What's the correct thing to do? And I'm not saying that what she did is incorrect or correct. I'm just throwing it out there because this person was not acting in a capacity as a Boise police person at the time. Matter of fact, he's no longer a police officer. However, I, I think with his thoughts, you might have a case to investigate and make sure that nothing untowardly happened while he was a police officer. Because he was a, uh, what was he, police captain, right? Yeah. You know, so. That's which, part, is, which is, you know, pretty high up. Yeah. And that's a reason he's not a member of the union because he was a part of management. I didn't realize that. I, I didn't know that. If you were a captain, you couldn't be in the union. Yeah, I didn't know that either until this morning. Sean in Caldwell, good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Uh, yeah, you guys need to rethink that. That mayor's only doing this and pushing all that rhetoric uh, against that guy to try to cover up the stuff that the, the guy that she bring in did. <laughs> the guy did nothing wrong. There's no laws broke, nothing. And... Nothing was ever reported on until later on the Lee story. But, oh, this guy does it, and all of a sudden, bam, we better report that. It fits her narrative. How is she covering up that story, though? I mean, that story's already been out in the well, news. Well, she's, oh, okay, not covering up, trying to get everybody to look this direction instead of that direction. All right. Well, she didn't. She didn't say anything about the Lee story until other people started questioning her. 
that this comes out, and, oh, we better put this right out on the news. Thank you for the call. It's her narrative. Yeah, thank you for the call, Shane. Appreciate it. Rich and Boise, good morning. It it could be the same, though, because somebody could have asked her about this, and then she put out a statement about it. Rich and Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Well, good morning. Okay, so we, we know the Republicans have been putting out their bigot and their hate and their vitriol towards transgender. I mean, they're calling them groomers and all that kind of so stuff. So all Republicans know, have been doing that? No, I said that re- Republicans have. I didn't say all Republicans. Well, that's when I you say it, the Republicans no, have. You didn't it, say certain Republicans. You said the Republicans, which means all. No, I didn't say I didn't say re- the Republicans either. Yes, I just said Republicans. No, he didn't. He said Republicans have been doing it. It's the same thing, just, Rich. No, well, anyway, no, it's, but... We, we know where it's coming from. We know where they, I mean, they, they did it with gays for years till they lost that one, and now it's transgender. You know, we, we, just, we just don't know if their hatred and bigotry it caused the shooting or not, but there's, I don't think you can really deny that they're doing it, that that's where it's coming from. And it, it is coming from Republicans. Uh, not all Republicans, and not 100% do anything. But, uh, you know, we've seen this pattern before. They went after gays for years until they lost the gay marriage thing, and now they're just moving on to another group. Uh, gay, gay, gay people are just as disgusted about child molesters as straight people are. And I'll tell you what, I, I, I'm, I'll, I'll make an ongoing bet that I could safely win over time is that, uh, the majority of child molesters are straight white Christian men. Uh, it's not gay people that are doing that, but that's that's what they're trying to blame by calling them groomers. I think the, the statistics probably actually back that up. It's it's generally people who you would not expect. Yeah, it's uh, you know that's why we've had problems with pastors and Boy Scout leaders and. Uh, it's not that Boy Scout leaders are pedophiles. It's just that pedophiles move into those type of situations so they can be, you know, you know, so it's not, it's not, it's not you know, necessarily the clergy that's the predators. Predators do move into those kinds of situations so they can be around kids. Uh, but it, it's not it's not it's not gay people. But they're they're trying to you know they're trying to call the call them groomers and they're, they've just they've come transgenders have really come after it and attack the past three or four years and you know and it's it's it, it's it's just fear and you got to blame somebody. Yeah, there's there's no evidence of transgender people molesting kids. Yeah. I mean, there I'm sure there's some of them that have done it too. You know, it kind of goes, you know, it kind of goes through all of society. It's not, it's not, uh, you know, it's not a group or anything that does it. I just, you know, I mean, I just brought up the scout leaders and the clergy because I think that, uh, I think, I think pedophiles join, join youth organizations to be around the kids. Some do. I mean, yeah, yeah it, it gives, it gives scoutmasters and, and priests a bad name because not all of them are, are bad not, but, but not then even again, not yes, all of them obviously i mean from, from the news we know that some yeah. are thank yeah, you for neither, the call neither 208-336-3700 pound 670 on your horizon wireless need to take a break we'll get to more of your phone calls and emails good time to get through phone lines are open once again uh you can email us chris at kby.com mike at kby.com text number is 208-336-3700
Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 921, congratulations to Roke Wood. I think I'm pronouncing I have never seen that name in my life before. One of the most unique names I've ever seen. R-O-R-Q-U-E Wood. Did I pronounce that? Rourke Wood? Sounds like it to me. Congratulations, Rourke. He got our uh, tickets to the Boise State-Utah State game. Um, he just responded back and said, Wahoo. So I'm guessing he's excited <laughs> about going to the game coming up on Saturday. Yeah, it should be fun. Don't, or Friday, sorry. Friday game this week. Don't forget, we have another chance for you to win tickets. Your final chance coming your way coming up tomorrow morning here with Casper and Chris. And yeah, when that... When that game's in, the game ends on Friday, it'll be basically about 1 o'clock in the afternoon, so you've got a whole rest of the day. How crazy is that? A game ending before games were even close to beginning mm-hmm. starting just a few years ago. Because we, you know, we have so many games that end at like 11.45. <laughs> it's awesome. P.M. Uh, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you want to get in this morning. Um, this one in, no name on this uh, email, it says uh, Mike at KBY.com. Uh, your news report stated Boise will take swift action against such sentiments. What the heck? I thought we punish actions, not sentiments. Quit with the thought police as long as he doesn't act on his beliefs. So what? That is um, kind of a weird thing. They'll take swift action on his you know, the, such sentiments. <laughs> the thing is, the action they'll probably take will be a, uh, a statement of con- uh, condemnation. Because I don't think they can take any any further action. You know, it's it's like everybody says it's the guy's retired and didn't actually break a law. They they don't you know they don't like what he's been up to. But again, not a cop anymore. Burke uh, writes in another email says uh, that retired Boise Police Department cop may be racist for sure. However, the Boise City Council's Lisa Sanchez is just as big a racist, both figuratively and literally. Fred writes in and says, a tweet on a Sunday, that's professional? Well, in 2022, I guess it is. <laughs> well, I mean, the mayor, along with the president, along with city officials, they do work 24-hour a day, seven days a week jobs, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. I mean, I, I, I would consider... You're always on call. <laughs> that was, you know, that's why I always... You know, find it funny complaints against the president, too, whether President Biden or President Bush. And it's like, oh, my gosh, look, he's, you know, out there doing this or out there doing that when he should be working. And it's like they work all the time Mm -hmm. just because he happens to be in Delaware or President Trump will happen to be playing golf doesn't mean that he doesn't have a phone or doesn't have his. You know how often they go where no one can find them? Never. Never. Exactly. John says, have you noticed that? Mass shootings have erupted to dominate the news as the U.S. suffers the biggest number of them since 2018 and the highest death toll since 2019, this before the year is even over. We would win the World Cup in gun deaths year after year after year. USA, USA. Does the Second Amendment right to bear arms trump the right to live? Yes, in many sick minds among young men. That was from John. Tom writes in, uh, what is it about retired and private citizens not register with uh, mayor? Sounds like citizen shaming to me. I think now anyone with a grudge towards the PD will come out of the woodwork and open the floodgates of lawsuits against the city. Virtual signaling wins out in this case, according to my opinion. That's from Tom. 
Text message from Brian, 208-336-3700. I'm pretty sure that we live in America, which we are free to believe, follow, or otherwise, because it's called freedom. I'm pretty sure that we live in America, which uh, we are free to believe, follow, or otherwise, because it's called freedom. Um, Okay, you said that twice. Why is it any concern to the mayor of Boise as to what this retired officer has decided to do with the rest of his life? Thanks, Brian. And I... I don't know. I haven't talked to the mayor, although I've tried to talk to the mayor many times over the last two years. Uh, most recently put in uh, a request just a couple of weeks ago. Not Did I only not get a, a response saying yes or no? Haven't heard back anything. Mm. So I can't read the mayor's thoughts on this. My guess is she possibly thinks that with what happened this past weekend in, in Tennessee and with one of thoughts on his blog that she thinks it needs to be investigated in the police department because he served 24 or, years or at least addressed i suppose yeah i'm I, that's my guess i'm i'm giving the benefit of the doubt because i do not know the mayor i do not know how she thinks shane wrote in and says privilege is when your voice is the norm but you still claim to be unheard okay <laughs> Not sure what they were trying to say there, but okay. Well, I mean, he, I think he thinks he's had it all. 208 336 pounds 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to weigh in, please feel free. Um, we'll take your phone calls and emails. i uh, got some more emails to get to. News is coming up here next at the bottom of the hour. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 933, uh, you got a few more segments to get in if you want to take part in the show today. Uh, Sheldon uh, writes in, It's sickening how a public school teacher openly expresses empathy towards LGBTQ students, and they'll receive public scorn, but a flagrantly racist ex-cop receives apologists telling us we shouldn't care. Some of these colors have weird values indeed. I don't, that's from Sheldon, I don't, I don't know which uh, story you're talking about, about openly expressing empathy towards LGBTQ students. I, I will say you are talking about, you know, if, if there is a story out there, and I don't know which one you're talking about, um, but if you're an active teacher, you're, you're comparing an active teacher to a former police officer. And, I, and I'm not saying either, I, I'm not saying it's right, but, you know, the people that are weighing in here today are saying this, you know, is, is a former police officer it's not a current police officer. I guess my question would be, um, say this person was still on the police force, because we've had a lot of people who have weighed in uh, yesterday and today who see nothing wrong with this. Yeah. If this person, say this person had not retired and was still a we know. police officer, would you, would you have any problem with it being investigated you know, it's still his thoughts. He still wasn't a police officer when he went yeah. there acting as a police officer. But if he was still a current police officer, would that change your thoughts? Now, he, he did write for their publication, as it turns out, when he was still a police officer, uh, which mm-hmm. I suppose is, is neither here nor there when it comes to this particular situation. But we both know, having been employed for long periods of time, that there are things that we think uh, are completely separate from our work life and our, you know, in, in our personal life, and we can still get fired for them. Yeah, that's a, that's where a lot of people get mixed up on First Amendment rights. 
you know, and they say, hey, it's his First Amendment right. You know, we don't yeah. know if, if this is something that his pension can get taken away, away for. I'm guessing probably not, um, but I don't know. You have the right to say what you want. Yeah. And, uh, you know, provided it's not uh, causing a public danger in some way, and threatening someone does cause a bit of public danger. But providing it's not doing something of that nature, you are free to say whatever you want and not get arrested for it. However, it doesn't mean that your friends have to accept it. It doesn't mean that your employer has to like it or keep you employed. It doesn't means there will be it doesn't mean there will be no repercussions to what you say. Right. You simply won't be arrested by the government and right. and, and you know, put away secretly or something like they do in And so many people misunderstand that dictatorship. Right. Yeah. You know, that they're like, you know, no, I have the first amendment to say whatever I want. And it's like, well, who stopped you? No, no. Well, they're 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 gonna they're gonna fire me. And I go, but they didn't stop you from saying it. You still said what you wanted to say. You're not being arrested. You're not being fined by the government. You're not getting a ticket. Your your work fires well, you, and, which and they it have was, every was, right to do. It was what was going on during the uh, you know the vaccinations a couple of years ago. People were saying, well, I I should have a right not to get vaccinated, and we said you do have a right not to get vaccinated. And they said, but I'm going to get fired for it. I said, yeah, they have a right to fire you for that too. Well, that's not fair. You you don't have a right to remain employed if they don't want you there. Um, John writes in, have you ever noticed the mass shootings have erupted to dominate the news as the U.S. suffers the biggest number of them since 2018 and the highest death toll since 2019? This even before the year is over. Um, we would win the World Cup in gun deaths year after year. Does the Second Amendment right to bear arms trump the right to live? Yes, in many sick minds among young men. I would say absolutely not. Um, and the, the, the facts of the matter are, if it didn't, that's, then you wouldn't have laws against killing people, laws against shooting people, laws against attempting to murder someone. So, no, um, the, the point you're trying to make there is completely off base. Your, your Second Amendment right to bear arms does not trump the right for people to live because it is against the law to take your arms that you own, whether it's a knife, whether it's a gun and shoot somebody. It's already against the law. Except in self-defense. Except in self-defense. Tim. Oh, Tim has a problem with, with something you said. Tim says, so rich can't say Republicans are pushing trans bigotry and hatred but other callers can say Democrats are pushing to ban assault weapons with no interruption from Casper. Really? I would say the same thing to them. When you, when you make a blanket statement and say all Democrats or even the Democrats or the Republicans or the independents, you're making a blanket statement that is actually and factually wrong. Yeah. Not However, if you, if you preface it by saying a large percentage of Republicans are against such and such, that could make more sense. You can you can say that, but otherwise, it's like we said you can't you can't just generalize about any particular group because you know, every individual is different. You can't say like you know all radio announcers think the same. Uh, that's not even close to being true. <laughs> I was going to say that's not even close to being true in the same room. Um, after listening to Nate's show, this is from Eagle Troublemaker. After listening to Nate's show yesterday, from what you and uh, Chris have told us about the group the uh, officer is involved with, I have to say they sound exactly like Louis Farrakhan. The only difference is Farrakhan doesn't like Jews of any color. I demand an investigation to root out all officers who might be followers of Farrakhan's group. 
let's get rid of all racists regardless of their skin color while we're at it. That's even well, a troublemaker. To be fair, we haven't yet had a report of any Boise police officers who follow Louis Farrakhan. Um, this one goes at you from earlier this morning um, when you said we need to find out um, if he went out of his way to recruit racists. says, really, Chris, the captain went 20 years and retired without being reported or discovered. He recruits, uh, his recruits apparently did the same. Darn undercover racism. They created such a stir it went unnoticed, just like the left says. The accusation is so serious, we must investigate it until we fa- actually find something. Oh, yeah, like they've been doing for six years to uh, Trump. Once more, I say investigate the mayor. Well, an investigation can last an afternoon. It doesn't have to be two years or six or whatever. Um, they don't have to do it like Congress. Another text message in, uh, this one says, the First Amendment restricts Congress only. Congress shall make no law. I think you're taking one very small part of the First Amendment and, and trying to make a point with that one so if, small if, part. But, but, but who's he saying can make a law if Congress can? Uh, yeah, I don't understand what you're trying. You're going to have to give us a little more information on what you're, you're trying to the point, just here. the point you're making. Yeah, what, what, what is your point? Uh, Brian writes in, uh, what are the policies and procedures of a retired officer to conduct himself afterwards as far as the Boise police are concerned? That's another good question. Are there, I don't know if there are or not, are there any policies that talk about retired police officers and uh, how they act after they are no longer police officers? However, we did mention some of the breaking news this morning, some of the new news in, in is he was writing some of those blog posts while he was... He was writing for their publication, not just blog Boise, posts. Yeah, yeah, while he was a Boise police officer, correct? Mm-hmm. While he was still, you know... But, again, he apparently kept it separate from his job because, as you say, there weren't any complaints about him that we know of. And I think by investigation, she means we're going to check and see, like, did he have uh, a lot of excessive uh, force complaints or something that we never addressed and you know did was it a pattern they're just we'll just check for stuff like that and if it turns out none of it's true it'll just be dropped 208-336-3700 pound 670 on your verizon wireless um did want to uh mention this this morning i I said i I was being a little sarcastic except for not for me some of the biggest news Mm -hmm. top golf officially announced their opening it's planned for Monday the 28th. That's this coming Monday. Are you taking that day off? Can I? We have Idaho's uh, uh, again, biggest it, toy drive going you're, you're, on. You're probably free to take the day off, but uh, it won't be without repercussions. <laughs> Wait, I have they a right they to take the day off. They won't be for me because I'm you know, still not in charge after a certain number of years. Um, some new information. I didn't realize that they were going to have a uh, miniature golf course. As part of this, now I've been to a few different Top Golf facilities across the country, and none of those had a uh, miniature golf course. I don't think that's really the attraction of the place, is it? Well, no, but it it can be because I'm going to tell you right now. Do you know how busy this place is going to be about for the first three or four months? I don't. Six months, year. I don't. It's, I've never been to one. It's going to be redonkulous. 
they are they're an absolute blast. I mean, you get a, you get foods, you you got drinks, you got a bar, and then of course all of a sudden uh, hitting golf balls will uh, break out. This, however, um, I did see uh, somebody who was working on this had told me this is the smallest one in the nation. This particular top golf, well, top golf. and I thought that same thing because I thought everyone that I've been should, to had at least three story or three should bays. We, uh, should we feel cheated or, or I, I kind of do? Okay, um, there there have they have three bays. Um, all the other golf courses I played, this one only has two, mm. two a two tiered bay. I still am going to be interested to see, based on the uh, alignment, how you keep people from hitting over the net. Uh, raise it up? I, I think it's done. It's oh. built. Hmm. Like if you get, I don't know if you ever saw the uh, video of uh, Mike Trout from the uh, California Angels. Hitting, doing, doing what? Hitting golf balls at Top Golf. I have not. Crushing them over the net. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> now, granted, he, he is a rather af- we, we don't have Mike, athletic individual. We don't have Mike Trout, you, you know, here. But no, I mean, hey, I can hit the bug golf we, ball with the best of them. I bet I can. We get have it all the uh, way to the end. We have Trout. We don't have Mike Trout. <laughs> I still think that it would have been cool if Mike Trout, Tim Salmon, and Kevin Bass had all been all in the same together. outfield, and for the Marlins, probably. You know, oh, that would have been. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, they played for the Marlins. Except, you know, they're, uh, at least two of them, their uh, uh, careers didn't overlap with, with uh, Trout's. The other story that I mentioned this morning that I wanted to talk to um, and get to, um, this is an ongoing story, and, I, and we're, we're not going to see the end of this until the investigation actually does happen, which might happen the beginning of the year after Republicans officially take over in the House. But CBS News, yesterday, confirmed the authenticity of data from Hunter Biden's former laptop after 769 days since they originally said that it was misinformation and could not be verified. 769 days later, they finally officially say, yes, it is true. It is his uh, laptop, and there is information that probably should be investigated on the laptop. I find it interesting because, once again, this is one of those things where Trump was right again. Mm-hmm. 60 Minutes interview with uh, two years ago asked uh, Leslie Stahl, who was interviewing him at the time, why they weren't investigating the Hunter Biden laptop. And Leslie Stahl said because it has already been debunked as misinformation and that there was no way to verify it. Yeah, they were. CBS said that they believed it was Russian propaganda. Well, they weren't the only ones. It, it was a whole bunch of media outlets that tried to claim it was Russian information. Now we're finding out two years later that it's not Russian informa- disinformation. Yeah. That it actually, and people were claiming, hey, it's not Hunter's laptop. Now, Hunter's lawyers, by the way, are claiming this shouldn't be investigated anyway because Hunter didn't give anybody permission to look into his laptop. And nobody had a warrant? Nobody had a laptop. Or yeah, nobody had a warrant. Wasn't it supposedly lost or something? Like wasn't he, wasn't lost. He dropped it off and never went back to pick it yeah. up. And they had rules at the uh, shop says anything left after ninety days becomes our property. Right. And they so tried, basically, basically officially lost property. Right? Yeah. And yeah. they they tried to get a hold of him. They emailed him. They called him. Left him messages. Um, and then after ninety days, it became their property. And that's where everything uh, kind of hit the fan after that. 
the Republicans, we talked we talked about this last week, have already announced that one of the first things they're going to do when they take over power in the uh, House, because they have the power to put committees together to have hearings on this, and that's one of the first things that they're going to do. Uh, once again, they reiterated, partially in this article, saying that we're not interested in Hunter Biden, we're interested in Joe Biden to find out if he had anything to do or if he is possibly being sacrificed for some of the things that he did having to do with his his son's laptop and and business dealings in Ukraine and with China. Do we need to go to a break? Yep, running late. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a quick break. One more segment on the way. Night at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Friday, a uh, big day around here. First off, we uh, have our final home game. Boise State Broncos take on Utah State. Senior day is going to be going on. It doesn't mean a whole lot in the grand scheme of things as far as where the season is going to go. Boise State is already in the Mountain West Championship. They'll take on Fresno State here in Boise on December 3rd. However, it still does mean a lot for Pride. It also means a lot for a uh, overall record. Yeah, they want to go for uh, an undefeated uh, season in conference. Doesn't happen very often on either side of the bracket, by the way. And also, based on how this season started, You've got a lot of pride from those players who began the season two and two and had some really bad losses in there. And since then, have gone what seven and one? Yeah, or no, six and one. Six yeah. and one. Um, really want to finish out the uh, season strong. Would like to get, um, you know, their their record up after an off year last year. I, I other than maybe the players and mm-hmm. the coaches. You probably did not see this coming after the first four games, but we get underway with the broadcast at 5 a.m. Friday morning and then kick off 10 a.m. You can uh, join, once again, Richie Brockle and uh, Rick Worthington for the pregame. Don't forget to stick around after the game, too. We will have another Lock, Stock, and Barrel gift certificate coming up Monday morning for the play of the game, if you know that, and Rick will give that to you after the game. And then at 6 o'clock, KBOI's Idaho's Largest Toy Drive gets underway, brought to you by Idaho Central Credit Union, TDS Fiverr, Scandinavia Designs, with help from Biscuit and Hogs, Utility tra- Trailer, Tate's Rents, and more. We've got the 12 days of Christmas where we will be gathering toys for people who are less fortunate throughout the Treasure Valley, and with everything that's happening, harder to buy things, people, of course, uh, not being able to make as much money. Um, it's going to be tough for a lot of people this Christmas, and that's why we do this every year. We'll be in front of Sportsman's Warehouse. Um, Nate Shellman will be out there at 6 o'clock on Friday morning. Chris and I will be broadcasting our show every morning uh, beginning at 6. So Monday morning, bright and early, we'll be out. Um, I'd like to say in the cold, however, we'll be in the comfort of a uh, motorhome. So, with any luck. With any luck, yeah. Mary wrote in and says people get weird in their old age, not illegal, and no reflection on their younger, better selves makes their kids unhappy and scheming to put them in an old folks lockup, which is exactly why I have a locked gate. He, he, he. I should say, which is why I live in another town from my kids and keep my gate locked. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, Dow few or just, Dow is, just to be on the safe side. Dow is up uh, 268 points as of right now. As a matter of fact, all three of the uh, indexes are up this morning. Uh, we'll keep you updated on that as to how it goes. Short week. Uh, the Dow is not open. Stock market not open on uh, Thursday and Friday of uh, this week. 
Uh, we're just about done here today. Just a reminder that coming up tomorrow morning, final day uh, before Thanksgiving, because it's a short week for us. We'll have Thursday and Friday off uh, this week. But tomorrow morning, it will be open phones Friday, so you'll have a chance to talk about anything you want to talk about. But more importantly, as the day before Thanksgiving, think about this. want to hear what you're thankful for tomorrow morning. You get to share that with us here on your